You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of How to Win podcast. Listen, I am so excited to have you with us today. I want you to tag a friend, call somebody, let them know that we are live. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on uh, YouTube. Listen, we're going to have a good time today. It's Tuesday. Are you ready for the word? I said, are you ready for the word is going to be a life-changing journey, I promise you. Now, we've been teaching from the subject, mixing faith with God's word. Mixing faith with God's word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says that the word, the word preached <clears throat> did not profit Israel because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. So mixing faith with the word is critical to manifestation. Now, there are four areas. This is our sixth lesson. And there are four areas that we're dealing with. We're talking about focus. We're talking about in this series, foundation. We're talking in this series about the process of faith. And then we're talking in this series about the development of faith. We talked about focus. Our focus should be in God. We talked about the foundation of the word and the foundation of our faith. And in the last few lessons, we've been teaching about the faith process, the faith process. And this is actually our fourth and final part of the faith process process. Now, the faith process has to do with how faith works. Now, I want you to do something that I think will be a blessing for you. I want you to get all of these lessons, and you can go back and get these lessons off YouTube. You can get go to MikeMoreMinistries.org. You can get these lessons on Facebook. And I want you to keep all these lessons because the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith. The Bible says that we overcome the world through our faith. It says that it's impossible to please God apart from faith. So faith is important. Not as a definition, but it's important to know how faith works. And in this particular area, we're dealing with the process, how faith works. Now, I've said this over the years. There are four components to the faith process. If you're watching this this podcast, then I want you to follow me and I want you to Follow my instructions. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you're driving, you can't do what I'm asking you to do. But the faith process involves four areas. It involves your ears. I want you to point your finger to your ears. It involves your heart. Put your hand over your heart. It involves your mouth, and it involves your hands. Shake your hands like this. The faith process regardless of what you're believing God for, whether it's in your personal life, ministry, business, 
the faith process has four parts. It involves your ears. That's your hearing. You must hear what God has to say on the matter, his perspective. It involves your heart. That's your believing. You must believe what God has said or is saying independent of your environment, your circumstances, your feelings, your uh, the sense information. And then thirdly, you must use your mouth. You must speak out what you heard from God, what you believe you received. You must begin to speak it out your mouth. And then finally, you must add actions to what you heard and believed and said and are saying. You must add actions. Now, we're looking at this fourth part of this faith process, action. So our subtopic today is faith is active. I want you to say that. Faith is active. I want you to say it one more time. Faith is active. That's very important for you uh, to understand. In this lesson, you're going to get great, 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 great insight that's going to bless your heart. Now, our background text is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 18 through 20 in the New King James Version. Four men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus for healing. Now, let's let's begin at verse 18. Luke chapter 5, verse 18 in the New King James Version. It says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in to lay before him, to lay before Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst. So they came, they brought this lame man on a mat to Jesus, to the house where Jesus was. There was a great crowd of people, uh, so crowded that they couldn't enter the door. So they decided to go up on the top of the roof, tear the roof out, and let the man down before Jesus. Now, notice what verse 20 said. When he, Jesus, saw their faith. Now, notice, he saw their faith. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is an invisible spiritual force. So listen, that's strange. If faith is an invisible spiritual force, then how could he see their faith? But the scripture says when he saw their faith, he said to the man, son, your sins are are forgiven. And later on, he says, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now, the Bible says that they, that Jesus saw 
their faith. Four men carrying a paralyzed man up on top of the roof and letting the man down through the roof. And the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. We're talking from the subtopic today, faith is active. Faith is not passive. The word passive means not participating. So faith is not just thinking. Faith is not just believing. Faith is not just praying. But faith is active. Faith is doing something. Now, there are consequences when we are passive. When you hear what God has to say, and even though you say you believe it, and even though you're saying it, but you are not acting on what you heard, then you're passive, and there are consequences. The first consequence of passive is no life-changing results. And you and I know you want results. There's a second consequence to being passive, and that is deception. Over in James chapter uh, 1, it says, when we hear the word, but we don't do the word, we're not doers of the word, the Bible says that we deceive ourselves. So deception is always connected to being passive. And then there's an element of pride. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says knowledge puffs up. So many Christians, and especially Christians who are in a teaching environment, if you go to a church where you're exposed to a teaching environment, then the accountability is higher higher for you, because the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. But it's very possible to hear information and be really excited about your church and excited about your pastor and excited about the word, and yet really not be or do of the word. And all it does is puffs you up. Listen, we got our church. You need to come to our church. Listen, we have the greatest church. We have the greatest pastor. Yet, there are no life-changing results in your life. Then that's really just pride. But a, a, a final danger of being passive, not acting on what you believe, is disillusionment. There are Christians, and think about Christians who began the walk of faith with you, but no longer are walking by faith, no longer involved in church, actually have gone back into the world and act and look just like unsaved people. Somewhere along the line, they became disillusioned. Disillusionment is to be no longer interested no longer uh, supportive of that which you were previously interested in. It means you believed at one point, but you no longer believe. You were highly interested in the word, but you're no longer highly interested. Disillusionment 
can even lead a person to attack what they formerly supported. Think about the Christians who said, well, now nah, I don't believe in all that faith stuff. I don't believe in that confession stuff. I don't believe in that anymore. That's a disillusioned person. And it is rooted in passiveness. The word didn't produce. The word didn't bring manifestation in their lives. So we don't want to end in disillusionment. So faith is active. So what did Jesus see? The Bible says he saw their faith. He saw their determined actions. He saw, because he was preaching and he looked up and he saw men tearing out the roof and they attached that mat actions to a rope. And they began to let that man down. And he saw that man coming slowly down before the crowd. The Bible says he saw their faith. He saw their determined actions. And there were actions that these men took because the man on the mat, the paralyzed man, had to be in agreement with what they were doing. He had to be in faith, but the four men, because Mark's account said there were four men who were carrying the mat. There were four men. So notice there were some planning before they got to the house. They had to plan it out. They had to talk about it. They had to get the mat. They had to carry the man. These are actions. They were doing something. They were doing something. And when they got to the house and they couldn't, go through the front door because of the crowd. They came up with the plan. They were determined. They were persistent. They persevered. They said, we'll take him up on the rooftop. Now that's creative, but that's the way faith is. Faith is active. Faith is creative. Faith will come up with a way. And so we're talking about faith is active. I want to give you two definitions that we'll work with the rest of the way. Number one, and we're talking about definitions of faith. Faith is acting on what you believe. Faith is acting on what you believe. And then secondly, faith is acting like you believe. Faith, said that after me, faith is acting on what you believe. Secondly, faith is acting like you believe. Now, let's look at these two definitions of faith. Faith is acting on what you believe. These four men, men along with the paralyzed men, they believed in their heart without any proof that if they could get this paralyzed man to Jesus, he will be healed. They believe that. They believe if we can just get the man to Jesus and they acted. And that's why when they got to the house and it was so crowded, they couldn't come through the door. They believed that if I can, if we can get him to Jesus, he'll be healed. That's why they went up on the top house top. That's why they tore the roof out because they believed. 
and they acted on what they believe. And that's what faith is. It's acting on what you believe. Now, if you believe it, all of us, I'm quite sure you, if you're like me, you have a favorite place to shop or you have a, a favorite place. You know, I, I have a favorite store that I like to shop at. I mean, it, it's my favorite store. I have a, a favorite tailor who, who uh, uh, tailor my suits. Don't wear a whole lot of them, but now, but I got a favorite tailor. Now watch this. If your store that you love, love to shop in, all things men equal, you have finances, had a 70% sale off, you heard it that they had a 70% off sale, you just heard it. You would act on it. You would actually go to the store or go online to check it out. You would be acting on what you believe. Now, I, my tailor uh, lives in Memphis, Tennessee. I live in Alabama. Now, if I, my tailor called and said, hey, Mike, all my suits for the next 30 days are going to be $150, I would be thinking $150 for a tailored suit, $150? Listen, I wouldn't just believe him. I would, I would believe him because he's been faithful. I would believe him because he's kept his word. I would believe him because he's uh, kept his word and blessed me with great suits. But guess what? I would be, I, if he said $150, I would be going to, to Memphis tomorrow. Tomorrow. I would just say, well, I believe you. No, I would go tomorrow. I would be acting on what I believe. And that's what faith is. Now, listen at this. If you believe that the word is the answer, you believe the word is the answer. If you really believe, and that's what the Lord said to me, the word is the answer, then you will act on that. You will position yourself like many of you doing right now. You will position yourself to hear it. You will position yourself to act on it because you believe it is the answer. So faith is acting on what you believe. Now, faith, secondly, is acting like you believe or acting like the word is true, acting like the word is true. In Luke chapter 17, we have the instance of 10 lepers calling out to Jesus for healing. And they call out to Jesus from a distance and master have mercy. They were asking for healing. When Jesus saw them, now I want you to listen to Luke chapter 17, verse 14. It says, so when he, Jesus, saw them, 10 lepers at a distance, shouting out for mercy, shouting out for healing, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went they were cleansed. 
Luke 17, 14 in the New King James Version. Now, listen at this. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Only healed lepers were required to appear before the priest so that the priest could validate them. Not folk who were not healed, not lepers who were not healed, because they would be stoned if they were in the public and they were not healed. So when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, Jesus was saying to them, you are cleansed. You are healed. And before, now listen carefully, before they saw any physical proof that they were healed, because the scripture says, that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them looked and saw that he was healed. He turned back and gave thanks to Jesus. That tells us that the moment Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, and with no physical proof of evidence, Their bodies were still full of leprosy from a natural perspective. They still had deformities, still had skin that was rotting, still had parts of their bodies falling off. Yet the Bible says they acted like a healed person. They acted like they were cleansed. They acted like they were well. In other words, they were acting in faith because faith is acting not just on the word, but faith is acting like the word is truth. Now, James 2.20 says, faith without works is dead, unproductive will not produce, bring no results. And by the way, I have my iPad here. You can give me any questions or anything you would like to say, and I'm going to look at it at the end of the the podcast. I got it. So you can send your questions now. But James says, faith without works is dead. Can't produce any results. Literally, it says, believing without corresponding actions is dead, unproductive. So it's saying that we must have corresponding actions with our believing. And corresponding actions simply means we must have actions that match what we believe. For example, If the weatherman on Monday, Monday night, the Monday night news, the weatherman comes on and says, for the next four days, Tuesday through Friday, we will have rain every day. There will be a 100% chance of rain for the next four days. And you sit in there, hear that information, and it's at night, 
not raining, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday have not come, yet if it affects your dress, your preparation, and your schedule, then you're acting in faith on what the weatherman said. If it affects your dress, you were going to wear certain shoes, but you decide, I'm going to wear my rain boots. If it affects your preparation, you were going to drive your little sports car, the one that comes down, you put on your little shades, you decide, no, I'll just drive my truck for the next four days because I've washed and shined my brand new sports car. If it affects your schedule, you alter meetings that you were going to have outdoors, a picnic that you were going to have outdoors, and you decide to change the schedule because of the forecast, then you have acted like the word was true. Although you have no physical evidence, that's what faith is. Now, listen at this. If you have a problem, you don't know what to do, you're worrying about the problem, and you go to the Word of God, and you see that God promises wisdom in James chapter 5. And you see in 1 Peter 5, 7, God says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And you do that. You release your faith. You talk to God about your problem, and you believe that you receive it. And then the rest of the night, you walk the floor, wringing your hands, not going to bed because you're worrying about your problem. Well, you prayed, you believed, but your actions of walking the floor, wringing your hands, worried about uh, the problem, is indicative that your actions do not match what you believe. So there's no productivity in that setting because you're acting inconsistent with the way that you believe. Now, listen, this information is so important. So we got to look at two major problems, and then I want to talk about some faith actions as we close. The first problem is sometimes people are actually copying the instructions given others. It's not a word from God. It's a testimony of others. God told so-and-so to do this. You heard the testimony. It should be inspiration to you, but you take the same instructions that God gave someone else and you try to match it or copy it in your life then you're not acting out on faith. You're acting out on what God told someone else. There's another problem of trying to have full correspondent actions without having full manifestation. What are you talking about? For example, you've been diagnosed with diabetes. You've been instructed to take insulin. You're taking your insulin. You hear the word of God, and then you believe you are healed based off scripture and you decide to throw your medicine away. You decide I'm not going to take the insulin. Now listen carefully. Faith is not not taking medicine. Faith is not not taking medicine. Not taking medicine is inaction. Now, listen at this, listen at this, listen at this. 
I don't want is different from God said. Well, I don't want to take medicine. I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to do that. That's all right, but that's not faith. I don't want, in other words, what you don't desire. I don't desire to take medicine. I don't desire to go. To, that's not faith. That's your desire. That's not faith. That's your, that's your desire. Stay, I don't want is different than God said to me. God told me. And that's what some people are doing. No, it would be better. Here's how you do it. You have been diagnosed with diabetes. You're taking medication. You want to release your faith. So you go to the Word. You see that by Jesus stripes, you are healed. You believe that you receive your healing. Now, apart from a manifestation, you have received a faith fact. Your your body is the same. Your spirit has received the word, but your body is the same. Apart from a full manifestation, your body is the same. So your body needs help to function while your faith is changing the situation. So you believe that you receive, and every time you take your insulin, pill, whatever it is, you make your confession, I believe I am healed. You take your insulin, your medication, and every time you take it, I believe that I'm healed by Jesus stripes. So the medication is assisting your body to the manifestation come, and your faith is working on the problem. You add thanksgiving every day. I just thank you that I'm healed by the strength of Jesus. I give you glory for my healing in the name of Jesus. You add your diet. You change your diet. You add exercise. Now you're operating in faith. Faith is not not taking your medicine. Now listen carefully. Take, you take your medicine in faith. You go through the procedure or the surgery in faith. So some people, they think just throwing the medicine away is faith. No, throwing the medicine away is, is your decision to not take the medicine. It is not God instructing you, and faith is acting out on what God said, not just acting out on what you desire. There's a difference between I want or I desire and God said. Now, I want to close this lesson, and this is a powerful lesson. You're going to have to go back and listen to this. Let's talk as we close about faith, facts about faith actions, facts about faith actions. The first fact about a faith action, and faith is active, is that faith actions don't lead to death. The Bible says in Romans 8, 6, that the carnal mind leads to death, but the spiritual mind leads to life and peace. So faith actions will never lead to death. For example, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, Satan tempted Jesus, and one of the temptations was he took Jesus up on the temple at Jerusalem and said, jump off that, jump off that, 
temple because Psalms 91, he quoting scripture to Jesus. Psalms 91 says that the angels will catch you. The angels will guard you. The angels will hold you up. Well, Psalms 91 does say that, but he's taking it out of context. And if Jesus had jumped off that temple uh, roof, he would have committed suicide. So faith actions don't lead to death. Secondly, faith actions are not fear-based. Faith actions are not fear-based. Choosing to not go to the doctor. So many people, I don't want to go to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. Much of the time, this choice to not go to the doctor is not faith. It is fear-based. Because if you were in faith, you will go to the doctor because you want to know what's going on in your body because you're going to stand regardless to what's said. But the many Christians, they don't want to go because they don't want to hear. And it's not faith-based, it's fear-based. Thirdly, a faith action is something you can do. Is something you can do. Not something you can't do. See, the lepers couldn't heal themselves but the lepers could win. Now, I know that's not good English. The Bible says they were cleansed as they went. They couldn't heal themselves, but they could act on it and release their faith on it. For example, when uh, I have two adult children, and I believe for a son first, and then I believe for a daughter the second time, I release my faith before we tried to conceive the child, not after the child was conceived. But my first son, Michael, I was believing for a son. And I was in the department store one day, and I looked up, and I saw a, a, a pair of jeans. They were tiny jeans, little tiny jeans. And it was quickened to me to get those jeans quickened to me. And I bought those jeans. And then we started saying, these are Michael's jeans. These are Mike's jeans. These are Mike's jeans. Now, I was quickened to do that. Now, I didn't go out and try to buy a lot of boy clothes and, and do all that kind of stuff because I wasn't trying to impress myself. I wasn't trying to impress people. I just had a quickening to get that. It, it, it was a faith prop. If, for example, God has spoken to me, and it's in my journal, that I live a lavish lifestyle. So I got props. I got things that remind me of what God says. I got a picture of an automobile, my dream car, got it in my office. I got a picture of jewelry, my dream jewelry. I got it. And I got a, 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 got a creation of an airplane and got that in several several places, and they are props. They remind me of what God said. But now notice, faith is something that you can do. Uh, a fourth thing, a faith action is something legal, not illegal. It's something legal, not illegal. Sometimes Christians are in churches and they want to give, and but they don't have the money in the bank, and they're going to write out a faith church, faith check, a faith check. Now, they don't have money in the bank, but they're going to write out the check, put it in there, and then they're going to believe God for the money. That's not a faith check. That's a hot check. 
It's not a faith check. Faith, a faith action is something legal, not illegal. A faith action will not compromise your integrity. Let's say you have favor with your boss, my sisters. Your boss like you. You have favor. Well, let's say your boss is attracted to you in a romantic way. Well, a faith action is not you sleeping with your boss. That's something immoral. That destroys your integrity. So a faith action is not something that causes you to compromise your integrity. That's not divine favor. That's immorality. A faith action, finally, listen to this, facts about a faith action. A faith action respects the natural order of things. A faith action respects the natural order of things. So you're going to get in faith for a job, employment. Well, there's some natural order of things that you have to do, like get a resume, like interview like go on the interview, that try to sell yourself. There are some actions involved. Faith does not sit at home and do nothing. No. Faith, actions, respect the natural order of things. If you're going to sell your house or buy your house, there's a natural order of things. If you have a house that you're going to sell, there are certain things you need to do in the house to prepare the house to be attracted to a buyer. If you are buying a house, there's certain natural things that you need to do in order to buy the house because faith actions always respect the natural order of things. Now, listen, I tell you, that was something good. That was good, good, good stuff. It really was good information. And I want you to go back and I want you to listen to this. In fact, I want you to listen to all this, these, these lessons. Uh, this is the sixth lesson. We're going to get over into the development of faith in our next session. But listen, I want you to get this thing down on how faith works and how to mix your faith and the fact that faith is active. Now, I only have one comment uh, or question and I want to answer that right now. In the light of the school shooting, what would you say to someone who says, how come God didn't prevent it? Why did he allow it? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Well, I, I'll say I'll say this. And I, I've taught for years this this truth, and I, I'll try to capsulize it to you. So, so often we hear it said, even from ministers, God is in control. God is in control. Well, here's what I believe. I do not believe that God is in control the way so many people believe it. I believe that God is sovereign. That means he can do whatever he wants to do. He's not accountable to anybody. He's not looking up. He's supreme. However, in his sovereignty, listen at this, in his sovereignty, he chose to delegate authority 
to men. That's Genesis chapter one. He chose in his sovereignty to operate in the earth through partnership. That's what prayer is all about. And he chose to give men free will, choice, the freedom of choice. God never intended evil to enter into the world. But because the man who God gave authority to rule the earth failed to yield to his leadership, evil entered into the earth. So God is not controlling everything in the earth. This, this shooting is no different than anything else in terms of the evil that's in the earth. This was an evil situation. But think about it. God is not controlling anything in the earth. He's not controlling. If he was controlling everything in the earth, no woman would get raped. No bank would be robbed. No, no child would be abused. God is not running things in the earth. He is sovereign, but there are many things happening in the earth because man opened the door for sin and Satan to operate in the earth and demons to operate in the earth. Now, believers have the authority to change what's going on in the earth, but we have to understand it. We have to know it. We have to understand delegated authority. We have to know that through our prayer, through the name of Jesus, through the word of God, we can change some things. But God has given the earth to men and Jesus came and restored the authority back to the believer. But we as the church and believers are praying for God to do things that God expects us to do in the earth. So not just that shooting, God is not running things in the earth. So we can push that off and ask why this happened. Why didn't God stop this? Because God is not running everything in the earth. He delegated the earth to men to rule. He said, let them have dominion. Now, Satan gained the authority through man's disobedience. Jesus came and restored the authority back to the church. Now, we have to walk in that authority. Now, that is a short, uh, short view of the question that you asked. It's a great question, but it is a deep question. And I hope that I've given you some insight. I, uh, I authored a book and my wife put it in print called Weep Not. In that book and in that teaching, in fact, you can go to the app and download our church app, faithchapel.net, mikemoreministry.org. And I teach on Weep Not and I get over into this thing of control. I have a mini book uh, that you can order on the issue of control. But this is a, a really good question, a really good question. And, and in my next session, I'll, I'll go back and give you how you can assess this information and how you can get the mini book. Thank you. 
So glad to spend this time with you, and I trust that you've been blessed today.